very important. I believe that the Lord has made an opportunity for me to preach this morning. It actually wasn't my uh, turn. Uh, Ezekiel 3.17 simply says this. This is what I believe, the uh, reason why I'm here this morning. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel, or new hope. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. All right. I have seen and heard the unnerving roar of lions. Remember, the enemy's like a roaring lion. I think one of, probably was one of the scariest things to be would hear a roar of a lion and you're out somewhere in a jungle or the woods. I've seen and been tracking lion tracks. The enemy is around. So that's telling me that the enemy has started his counterattack on new hope because of what we're doing. Because of the word we hope that goes forth, because of the lies we're trying to admit, uh, uh, live, and now because of the prayer meetings. But don't be afraid nor panic. Remember the word of God says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Don't lose sight of that. But there are attacks. Don't be dumb to that. There are attacks going on. Now look here. I don't think I even gave uh, Teresa some of these scriptures, but we'll get there. Zechariah 3.1 says this. It says, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, listen, standing before the angel of the Lord, standing in the presence of Almighty God. Lord, what must I do today? Lord, fill me with your spirit today. God, how can I defend the cause today? Standing in the presence of God before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And that's what's going on. So don't be shocked. Actually, you should be going, hey, it's pretty cool. We must be doing something right. Seriously, we must be on the right path. And I believe that that is exactly what's going on. The word resist means to oppose. The enemy is here to oppose us, to oppose new hope, to oppose our prayer meeting. He's the adversary. He's the enemy throwing bombs in the congregation. <clears throat> so we're in a battle in this world, a spiritual warfare battle. We may not see it, and sometimes I think we forget about it. We just go about driving our truck or bank telling or teaching or raising kids, sometimes not having a clue what's going on in the spirit world, which is more real than what we see and touch here. Right? Certainly it is. <clears throat> So the enemy will do all he can. He would love nothing more than to fill our minds with discouragement and defeat. Us here, as we see this going on. That's why I quit watching the news. The, the news, you can't watch that and stay anywhere near normal. I mean, horrible killings, unbelievable things that are going on now that my dad, who just passed probably 12 years ago, wouldn't even believe. What happened? People would do. But if you're a believer who is living like salt... In light, attempting to do your best for the Lord, you won't go long without, without encountering spiritual warfare, without a pushback, a shoveback. And that's what's happening now. You know, a lot of times we can't stop these 
attacks by the enemy. We don't have to let him win. We don't have to let him get on top of us and put our, his foot on our neck and shove us into the ground. God reminds us that the, the Word of God is awesome, totally awesome. He arms us with the sword of the Word of God. And that's what we're, we're hoping to get in you today. He equips us with strength, wisdom, discouragement through his own spirit. He, he comes to us in song and battle. He invites us to spend time in his presence through prayer and worshiping him. And that's what's happening. Remember I told you a long time ago, I'm not a dog lover, all you dog people. You know that, right? I've said that many times. One time going out my office, remember, I saw hugest dog prints in the world. And that gave me the message years ago, I preached lion tracks. I thought, uh-oh, something's amiss. Something's around me that should not be around me. And so I would look for him, not hide from him, look from him. I would look for him. That's what we need to do. Now, so it's time for us to reload, not unload, not hide, not sell our weapons, turn the lights off. It's time to reload. And that's what we're here to do this morning, is to reload. But I want you to see the enemy and his attacks here in Acts 16, 16. Now, this is actually supposed to be my text, but here we go. And it came to pass as we went to prayer. Not softball game or VBS or when we went to prayer. Prayer is the weapon that the enemy is terrified of. Totally terrified. And so he sends one of his angels. And it came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her master much gain. Met us. Now when you look into that word met, it means in a military sense, a hostile meeting. Halt! No more of this stuff going on. Back off! To our prayer meeting and to us seeking God, he sends a damsel possessed with the Spirit of God or an angel or a person, whatever you want to put there, to meet us while we are on our way to pray. I don't know, I've heard a lot of times already from you, I want to come, I do want to come, but you won't believe what this happened this day and this happened. Yeah, I, no, I would believe it. I know it happens on Wednesday, almost right at 7, all the time. So that word divination, listen, this, the Greek word is puthon, where we get our word python, python. Remember that now, pythons slithering through our congregation, pythons slithering through. Now I'm talking about the spiritual realm, pythons slithering through, wrapping around your walk, wrapping around your strength, your home, your family. Pythons. Now, here's a little story I found. read this a long time ago, but just let me read it again. And it uses the name Joe. I didn't put that in there. It says, Joe's family kept a chicken coop in the backyard. Of course, now lots of people do. Now, I guess chickens are like gold. They have uh, one hen that was sitting on a nest of three eggs. Two of them finally hatched, but the last one was holding out. 
The bakers didn't have a lot, so they were really looking forward to having more laying hens. They had been watching that last egg anxiously. Joe and his sister were sitting on the porch one evening when they heard a horrible commotion. Running into the hen house, they discovered a huge black snake had found a way in, scared off the hen, and swallowed her last egg whole. They couldn't actually see, they could actually see the shape of the egg inside the snake as it slithered out of the coop. They chased the snake around the yard for a while until it finally crawled into a hole and disappeared. This is where it says most people would have thrown in the hat, thrown in the towel, but not Joe and his sister. He said, my sister handed me a shovel, she grabbed a hoe, and we both started digging like crazy until we saw that snake. Did I remember my friends and I are sitting wide open as Joe continued. I pulled that egg stealer out of the hole, cut off its head, got our egg back. I wiped it off as I carried it back to the nest. I told the mama hen to get up a minute. I put the egg back where it belonged and asked her to get back to the business of hatching us another laying hen. You can get where I'm going, right? He says... He may have been known as the town drunk. That's why it's not this Joe. <laughs> but in his situation, I think Joe had more revelation than a lot of people. He wasn't about to sit back and let a snake steal what belonged to him and his family. For the body of Christ, there has never been a more crucial time for us to wake up and run the snakes out of the hen house. You have to do that. You go lion hunting is what you're supposed to do. I know inside of me, if I see a snake, man, I'll, I'll probably run like I never could. There comes that we can't not run anymore. We know that in the book of Revelation, John called him the old serpent who deceives the world. He's slithering around, around us all over. Python occurs only once in the Word of God, and it's Acts 16, 16. Many of you have suffered already from the attack of the python. Many of you are now in that battle, if you haven't realized it yet, of the python. Now, if we know a little bit about pythons, it's a serpent, obviously, that waits patiently. Man, it won't move for hours. Won't make a move, doesn't blink, doesn't even look like it's alive. Until it waits for that opportunity to strike and then it sinks its teeth. And it holds the prey by the teeth. That bite might hurt, but it isn't deadly. You know it's deadly. It slowly coils itself around the victim and begins to squeeze the life out. Little by little as it grips, it gets tighter and tighter, chokes, suffocates its prey until there's no more air in the lungs. I believe it's what's happening to the church and individuals. Church in America, the enemy tries to do it here. Scared people. We have a little stirring and a little moving of God. All kind of things being scared and wondering and look, he's attempting to squeeze the breath out of his prey. Breath, air, and wind 
are symbols of the Holy Ghost in the Scriptures. The enemy, it's okay to have church. It's okay to play the trumpet and the drums and to sing. But don't you dare start moving in the Spirit of Almighty God. Don't you dare start getting down on your knees and begging and crying out to God for a move of God. Then he sends his pythons to meet us in the way and say, No more! Halt! And you must recognize this. You absolutely must. Remember John 20, 22, it says, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Ghost, the breath of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of power and might. That's what the church needs, to walk in it. To walk in that glory, back like when Ravenhill did. That's why I go back and read and feed off of his life. And others back then. Ezekiel 37.1 tells us this. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. We kept singing this morning, these bones will sing. We're looking for bones to rise up and come together, become that marching army. But God has to put the breath in us. And so divination spirit comes and says, oh, no, no, no. You and I got to say, oh, yes, yes, yes. Verse 2 says that he caused me to pass by them around about. And behold, there were many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. You know the scripture, I know you do. And he said unto them, son of man, can these bones live? And I have often answered the Lord, I don't know. Doing this for so long. Again, he said unto me, prophesy, son of man, to these bones. Saying to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath, wind to enter into you. Breath and wind, the Spirit of God and power to resurrect you. And I will lay sin you upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover your skin and put breath and air and wind, Spirit of God in you, and you shall live. You shall know that I am the Lord. Wind. No wonder Python comes. He's after the wind. He's after the breath. He's after the move of God. He's after Wednesday prayer. He's after those who are starting to be stirred by the Spirit of God, even if you can't come to Wednesdays. He's like, we can't have this. We will not have this. Ezekiel 37, 9 says, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that we may live, that the church may come back to life. So Ezekiel says in 10, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. God doesn't care how long we've been in that valley of dry bones, how bleached and dry and brittle those bones are. 
He wants us to prophesy over them. He wants us to pray over them. We've been praying, Lord, please bring back, draw back the backslidden. Remember? Lord, please save souls. Lord, we come against abortion, oh God. As we continue to pray and cry out on Wednesday, and it's been going on, I don't know, eight months. It was before, because I remember thinking, summer's here, prayer meeting will die, but it didn't. So it had to be before summer. So guess who's trying to choke out and suffocate the life out of us? Satan's after one thing like a python. He's trying to extract the breath of the Spirit of God, the desire for the move of God, the anointing of God from us. Go ahead, play church. Do your stuff, but stay away from that. Don't you start praying. Just as a python hates the breath and his prey and will do everything to eliminate it, Satan is doing it now. In your lives, in your families, some of you have been directly affected recently. We know that. We know that. We're rallying the troops. It comes altar time. It's time to come lock and reload. It isn't time to hide. It's trying to get some more and more ammo, some more shells. Night vision, where is that creep? Spirit of God, come upon you. Anoint yourself with oil. Walk through your house. Without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we cannot do anything in blasting effect. Nothing whatsoever. His word tells us it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not by wealth musicians or, or speaking great words. It's by the Spirit of God and the power of God. It's exactly what I was telling the Lord. I said, Lord, if you don't do something with the words today, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's just words, like words on this paper. you got to be behind it with your power, Lord, with your spit, with your unction, to make that point to us. In this 21st century, I believe the primary spiritual force attacking the church and the life of believers was the same that attacked Paul. I think it was last time I preached, talked about there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same thing. Same thing, Acts 16 came bugging them as they were on their way to prayer. It's the only time named of an unclean spirit was given in the book of Acts. The only time. And it's wrapped around prayer. Could it be that God wants us to understand that pythons are a spiritual uh, enemy? I mean, snakes look creepy anyway, right? I'm not saying that snakes are evil, but I don't want any. But if you will buy me a birthday present, don't let it be a snake. So as Paul and Silas were walking to a place of prayer, they were interrupted by a python spirit. And that's what's happening here. And you have got to be aware of this. You must be aware. I don't know if the most American Christians are aware of this kind of stuff, but I believe the enemy operates just like this python. 
I really do. I see too many believers letting the old serpent just coil his way around their lives. Just scratch my head and said, what are they doing? Many times I've come home and told Ruth, it's beyond human words. It is. People, as you pastor, people think sometimes you walk on water. And then when you, they're in some situation and you confront that, they don't even want to hear you. You walked on water here, they don't even want to hear you here. What's happened? The enemy has made his way and is squeezing and pressuring and suffocating the Spirit of God out of them. What he's trying to do here, trying to hinder and stop the move of God individually and corporately as a church, us. And you need to be on guard. Just don't go home. I would always tell my dad, and I've mentioned it, why wouldn't the Jews just rush the Germans? Why would they just go? They know they're going to die anyway. Do something. We get in some type of comatose state. So if you're facing battle after battle, problems you never thought would come your way in your home, in your marriage, in your family, your finances, your job, your health, you better say, God, what's going on here? Where is this creep? Start looking for the signs. Start looking for the slithering tracks or the lion tracks. Start paying attention. Because he's not going to announce that he's coming. He's going to come as an angel of light. He's going to come to deceive you, lie to you, twist your thoughts and your minds. And you're not going to talk them out of it, whoever it is. You got time, you get over there on Wednesday and we'll cry out to God with you that God straightens it out. That God goes snake hunting. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not on things which are seen, but I think as a church we do this all the time. We just judge things by what we see. Forget about the spiritual world. The Corinthians tells us, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For things which are seen are temporal, but things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal forces controlling you. Good or bad? Controlling you. It's an unseen world. 1 John 5, 4 tells us, And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Come to this altar and you ask for a dose of faith again. <clears throat> Lord, I've been rattled. Lord, I can't believe it. can't believe what I just heard. Then you come to this altar and you say, God, give me more faith. Load that baby back up. It says, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Do you understand why the enemy's trying to rub your face in it? You and God have the ability to give, give you power over nations. Put a nation on your heart. 
through the, the generations before us. I think it was Hudson Taylor. God put China on his heart. He ached for China. Then he went there. That's what? We don't. We do two-week little trips and come back. We don't have that. That's because we don't seek God and pray like they used to and get a hold of God like they used to. It's time to reload. It's time to pass out the ammunition. You get that here. Ammunition is the Word of God. That's one you put in that. Next is the praise and the worship. Whether you missed that or not, I don't know. We're going to sing another song. The praise and worship gets you ready for battle. When they would battle, they would send out them first. We should probably dress our band in armor, night visions, rifles slung over there. That's what they are. They're going out before us to battle, to make the play, to get rid of the enemy so we can bring the word of God with confidence and power. So it's time to reload. Pass out the ammunition. You need to ask God to fill you with the spirit of almighty God. Stop being afraid of tongues, the gifts. We need them. The whole place needs to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I know there's foolishness and dumbness. I'm sure lots of us have been ripped off by car salesmen. I believe you didn't go back to a horse, did you? I don't see any horses out there. You had to get a car even though that creep ripped you off. They... Creeps rip us off behind the pulpits and into, but there's still the truth here. The Spirit of Almighty God. And we got to get it. We have to get it. And the only way I know how to get it is if you're free at all, possible free at all, come, especially on Wednesday. Lay before God, cry out to God, sit there. I don't know. We'll agree with you, whatever it is. But only God can make the crooked straight. And if you've got crooked junk going on in your life, confused, overwhelmed, depressed, I don't know what to do. I'm telling you, yes, you do. Come, pray, seek God, reload. I would see people in that service on Wednesday. Didn't notice it right away, but I would tell Ruthie, watch. Someone comes in just totally exhausted, beat up. After a few weeks, they're, they're, you're, they're praying now. They would just sit there kind of slumped. They're praying. Sometimes they start to lift up a hand. A few other weeks, they're standing, belting out the songs that we sing, crying out to God. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. That's what's supposed to be happening. And so God, uh, the enemy of this world, sends the python spirit to coil itself around you so you, you can't make that night or you don't think about that night or you're just totally out of your mind all the time or you're buried down with this issue or that issue, squeezing life. You're so big, you can't. There's not, it's nothing. Sweet. And every time the, the python waits for you to breathe because then he contracts again. My job is to stand on the wall and warn you. I can stand on the wall. Stand on the wall now and looking at lives and families and situations. 
circumstances, children, marriages, whatever, can see what's going on. So Joel tells me to do this. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. That's us. Prepare war. Prepare war. This morning we have boots and helmets and backpacks, night vision, grenades, rifles, anything that you can think that a man of war would need as they go into a physical battle, we're going into a spiritual battle. That's what's laying all up at this altar for your disposal. If you're lost, God has a compass for you up here. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. It's what the Spirit of God is saying. You've sat too long. You've let too much go by. And God is now stirring. You do not want to miss the stirring. You got some nice plowshares, some nice pruning hooks. To make your flower gardens nice and your corn grow, God says, go get them. Bring them to the house of God. We're going to beat them into swords. We're going to beat them into spares because it's time for war. What God is saying, no longer. We're going lion hunting and python hunting. We're going to kill them. We'll take the head off. Even it swallowed one of us dear saints we can see it in its gut. We're still going after them. Amen. We're going to take the hoe and the shovel and dig on Wednesday. Hallelujah. Dig until we see them, them and then pull them back. Yeah. Yeah. Take the head off of the serpent. That's your job. I don't care how old you are. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong in God, not in us. I've proven how weak I am. But in God, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. For greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world, than he that we're going to hunt and find and go after. Greater is us. If you dare to start binding together, I myself might be able to chase a thousand, which is pretty cool. But if just one more comes alongside of me, we can chase 10,000, the Bible says. I believe the word. Hebrews 4.16 says this. This is your job. This is you now. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. That's where all your weapons are. That's where they are. They're at the throne of grace. And God says, don't come timidly. Don't come embarrassingly. Come boldly. And say, God, I've got to have that. The weapons I have right now, Lord, they're not good enough. Lord, please give me that. For the kingdom of glory, for the kingdom of God. For the souls of my family have been swept away with filth. Life has been strangled out of them. Give it back to me, God. Give me a good shovel and a good hoe, Lord. 
Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Is it a time of need? Even as we pray on Wednesday, maybe it's just a pastor thing. Sometimes I'll walk to the back and I'll go, Lord, that person's problem. Lord, that pro- Lord, that one. I don't ever, I don't ever go to this person that, oh, they're good. They don't have any. We all got these problems. And I'm like, Lord, help that one. These are persons that are here, not even the ones on our board that we're praying for. God's got to be moved by that. So let us, therefore, this morning, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Help, God. Help us. Come down, God. Fill us with the Spirit of God. Wake up, the mighty man, Lord. Help us. Get us back on the path. We've wavered and some don't even know. Here's the reload part. They did it all the time in the Word of God. You understand? You have to reload. If you're in a war, you have to reload. Watch them war movies. Some of us guys like them. You could watch them now. There's always a time you've got to reload. Acts 4 says this, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. I read not that long ago the FBI has found some loophole where they can accuse Christians of being enemies of the country. That didn't shock me. Yeah. The only thing that's going to keep you from buckling is the power of God. Stand up. Stand up, boy. Stand up. Stand up. We'll face them together. Behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may continue to speak the word. With boldness. Not just go, well, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't know. With boldness. Yes, that's wrong. With boldness. <clears throat> Asking the Lord by stretching forth thy hand to heal your hand, Lord. Hucksters have been going in the name of Jesus for a long time, trying to take the glory from God like they're the great healer. The Lord does the healing. He don't need us. All these hucksters going around wanting all this glory. Way back then they knew it in Acts. Lord, stretch forth thy hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. We need those again. We need signs and wonders. And oh, it might get messy and dumb. But I'll clean it up. Us pastors will do our best to keep it and keep it spiritually straight and honest before God. But we need it. I know there's fakes and phonies. We'll find them. We'll drive them out. As we press into the things of God. 
because he is going to send divination spirits, angels as light pythons. So be it. The war's on. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by thy name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, you understand, these guys have come back beaten, jailed, targeted, shot at, mugged, thumped, kicked. They're coming back. They're not, they're not quitting. They're not saying, I don't want any more of this, no. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were, assembled together, and they were all filled with what? Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, breath again. <sighs> okay, God. Filled with the Spirit of God, and they spake the Word of God with boldness after everything that happened to them. That's supernatural. How about Paul? When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened, not just nipped or bite, fastened to his hand. Stayed on him. You come before this altar, you ask God, God, show me. Show me, Lord, I got some leech, some parasite attached to me, trying to suck my godly strength from me. Show me, Lord. Paul didn't let it bother him. Doing the work of God. You understand the story of Paul, right, on that ship? Remember? Smooth sailing. Stock market's good. Smooth. Paul stands up. Man of God stands up and says, you know what, guys? I wouldn't sail that way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't shove out. They said, shut up. And they threw him in the... We don't want to hear your speech. That's bad speech. So they locked him up and threw him down. Then they what? You and I are on this ship called the United States going in the wrong way, and you know it. We're already starting to hit the seas, right? And they don't want to hear it from us. I went into Good Sam years ago, when it was Good Sam, years ago, and says, look, uh, brother and I want to come in here and pray for people that are dying, sick. And they said, no way. No. You're not allowed in here. And what? And they wouldn't let us in. They didn't want to hear it. Years ago, found out uh, OUZ, I don't know if it is that way now, OUZ lost the uh, funding for ministers or whatever they called that, their ministry thing. I said, I'll do it for free. They said, come and talk to us. The sea's getting, what are you going to tell them about? What are you going to talk to them? I said, this. I'll work for free. Give you 10 hours. Work for free. Didn't want me. That's what we're in. Remember years ago, we told you, I think it was Pleasant Grove Church person went to the school beside them, Maysville. Right? Remember, they all wore T-shirts. I agree with Dan. Didn't say anything about the Lord. You remember that? And what was Dan? Dan was a believer. Loved God. Hit the fan. Get them shirts off! That's what we're in. You understand? <laughs> this is what we're in. And so here goes Paul telling them not ship hit the rocks, 
sunk, everyone swam to shore. We might sink. This country looks like it's going to sink. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging onto his hand, they said, uh-huh, that's what he gets. And what did Paul do? Paul didn't, Paul didn't scream. He didn't let it bother him. He didn't say, oh, why me? Why? I'm trying to work for you. Why? None of that. Did nothing of that at all. Just walked over to the fire. you got to have fire. And he shook a get off. And it untouched and fell. That's what you got to do this morning. Oh, I, I'm not saying you're not bit or it's not around you, but you need to grab that thing and just get off in the name of the Lord and go about your father's business. See you Wednesday. Absolutely. You walk in, we will weep with you and pray with you and cry until God does something for you in us. But I want you to know, the enemy's attacking. He's out and about. Have you sensed it? Have you felt it? Have you heard about it? Absolutely. All right. Van, if you want to come back or if you want to go to the altar, that's fine. I don't care. But we've got to have that song. I want you guys to stand, and if you're moved so, which I hope you are, come to this altar and start saying, God, what do I need? Because it's all up here. It's all up here. Your rations, your meals, your knife, your rifle, your bullets, your belts, your helmet. It's all up here. You've got to ask God, God, give it to me, please.